Hey, welcome back to Measure Twice, Cut Once. <laughs> you, you bet you thought you'd never see us again, eh? Bet you were hoping you'd never see us again. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, season six, Hoss. It is season six, I know. Episode one. First one for the season, yep. And we've got a we've got a ripping show to present to the folks today. Ah, as always. And also some other great content creators contributing to this show this season. Well, we've added quite a bit to it, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Sort of uh, give it a spark in the dark and uh, away we go for and season six. And we've got some new ads. New ads. <laughs> People are going to love them, mate. I know. Be uh, tripping over themselves saying, hire these guys to make ads Check for us. it out, mate. Hollywood will be banging our door down. That's right. That's right. So, um, look, if you're new to Measure Twice Cut Once, maybe consider subscribing and doing all those nice things that helps us grow our channel. Yep. Give us a thumbs up. Yep. And uh, our content will get better. Or, yeah, it has to Of course it will. It will. Of course definitely. it will. But, um, yeah, today we have a very special guest and a very good topic. Okay, which is going to be about uh, people who have workshop setups and uh, they have mobility issues. And okay, we're going to let the guest David Horn explain all things uh, to do with that. All right. So, what about we? Um, well, first off, let's let's run one of our new ads, eh? Yeah, give it give it a run, mate. Okay, test run. Okay. G'day, Hoss. What are you up to, mate? I'm working on a project for my mum, and I'm stuck. What's the problem, Hoss? I don't know what kind of finish to use. Have you tried Timbercon? They've got a huge range of finishes. What did you think of that, Hoss? Mate, this stuff is fantastic. Timbercon sure has a lot of good stuff. They sure do, Hoss. They cater for everybody who does woodworking, mate. I can see that. And the prices are really affordable. And that's right. They have great staff working there. Well, I'll be going to Timbercon for all my woodworking needs. Thanks, Harry. You're welcome, Hoss. All right, Hoss, like I uh, mentioned in the introduction, we have a, a very special guest. Dave. David. David, uh, David is in uh, Tamworth, I believe, or up near Tamworth in New South Wales, regional. Mm -hmm. So he's a good bloke to start with, living in the regions, not the city slicker types. You I've, know? I've actually been to Tamworth. Have you? Yes. Bit of boot scooting. Bit of boot scooting, yes. Yeah, the uh, the country, <laughs> country music capital of Australia, I believe. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, David... Firstly, uh, a warm welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, and thank you very much for giving up your time today to have a yak with us. Most welcome. Pleasure to be invited. It's, um, yeah, if you can help people, why not? Terrific, terrific. That's the attitude. So, uh, Hoss, we're going to be discussing a little bit about um, David's particular workshop setup, mm -hmm. and um, maybe David will elaborate on some of the limitations he has in uh, being... Uh, able to maybe we should um at least let the people know why uh, yes. david's got the situation or he's in the situation that he's in yep um david is an amputee uh he's, he's lost a leg yes and he's had to set up his workshop to cater to his specific needs exactly okay so yep uh david simple question to get the ball rolling is um just just give us a 
brief background about how you got into uh, woodworking, mate. Yeah, well, look, I um, I left school very young. I didn't have an education, but I loved my woodwork, and I kept going to night school because I got on really well with a teacher. From there, I just, um, as I moved into my 30s, I sort of did more and more woodwork, and just it's become a a second business to me as such and um it's just it's just my passion and i've been doing it for a long time and um i mainly use reclaimed recycled timber and yeah i just get a lot of enjoyment out of it as we all do and, and it sounds a very similar story to what most of our guests and even us have you know we began at school mm -hmm. and, and then found a, a you know a passion for it later in life once again it seems to be right. a bit of a draw card, doesn't it? The old timber. Yeah. What a thing. Yep. Definitely. So, um, David, we're talking about uh, some of the, um, I suppose, the best way restrictions you have in your capabilities to be able to commute and to actually do the woodworking you do. Would you like to maybe just explain a little bit about, you know, the history of that and how it's led to setting up the current workshop you have? Yeah, for sure. I I actually put my woodwork equipment into a container for almost five years because I was wheelchair bound for three and a half. And then I was lucky enough to have this new process done, osseo integration, and I walk on a computerised leg. Yes, I have I have some limitations, um, but it was just important to re um, redesign my shed because I can't have power leads on the floor or airlines if I stand on one of those and I'm not aware of it I'll go A over T. So um got my neighbour in to give me a hand and we uh, repund all the dust extraction <coughs> pardon me and I've set all the machines up in a row down the centre of the shed so that I'm pretty much working in figure eight over the jointer onto my trolley that moves to Tim because I I can't lift and carry i can lift but i struggle with lift and carry so round to the thicknesser back from the thicknesser through through the drum sander if i need to or onto the work table it's sort of set out to work in a in a pattern and because i've got overhead power overhead extraction i've got one control box i can turn any machine on or off as i require and um it's simplifying it because also i can't walk far or stay on my legs for too long so i've had it you know i've got chairs in certain positions i just um i've had to put some thought into it to make it simple and also make it safe because i've been flat on my face a few times and my head and the concrete don't get on together so, <laughs> so that's pretty much what i've done and um it works it works quite well um you know i said i have my limitations but um mainly now i look i i can pretty much do everything i need to do as close to normal as possible you know so well, um it, just, yeah. it sounds like it's not holding you back too much no no i look i uh, my wife and i run a grain business as our main uh, income and this has always been a, a passion of mine as i said so um i do a lot of freebies which i get satisfaction out of especially for kids things and um um like at the moment i've just put a hold on any paid jobs until the new year because i'm um my wife's been waiting for a cabinet for some time so it's got priority otherwise i could be in trouble so you know it's it's not about 
It's not about making the money out of all the time. It's the satisfaction, the passion. And this is even with my main work, my shed, where I come to think and do what I do. You know, everyone has their little <clears throat> castle, if you want to call it that. So, so um, yeah, put a lot of time and effort into laying it out and um, put, you can see the extraction pipes behind me. They're all fixed from the ceiling just above uh, forklift height. I have an electric forklift. And um, yeah, look, I'm pretty happy with the way it worked. And everything bar the thickness and the joint, everything else is on wheels and move the whole lot. So. There you go. And you, you were a little bit in awe having a look at the, uh, the quite sizable shed David's in. Can you, can you sort of tell us how big your garage or your workshop is? Yes, mate. The, the, actual, the actual shed is 25 metres by 17 metres but uh, by 5.5 metres to the eaves. And um, so there's two, there's two um, industrial oil doors which I've put electric openers on. The last bay, it's got a, a unit built into it that some people stay in, and that's my wife's gardening section, and that's out of bounds for me. I'm not allowed in there. Um, so my actual work area is the two bays, which are both um, uh, 16 metres by 17 metres in total. And then out the back, pretty much over my left shoulder, uh, put a door in the back and I've got a skillion out the back that's been fully enclosed. And uh, that's where my router sled will go out there and be permanently fixed there. So, yeah, I've, I've put the effort in to set it up proper. Well, what I think is yeah, proper for my use, you know. Um, so w was it a purpose-built um, shed to accommodate or... Did you already have it there and then, then fitted it out? The, the shed was here on the property when we bought it. Um, we Because we moved up to Tamworth uh, six years ago, so we just sat back to pick out where we wanted to buy a home. And this one ticked all the boxes. And, of course, the shed just, I thought, you know, lucky, lucky me. And um, I um, originally set it up but didn't put enough thought into it and then um, had a few little mishaps, uh, heads of concrete, and... Um, said to myself, righto, this has got to be redesigned because I can't keep falling over. And um, put the thought into it and then pulled everything down and did a rebuild and I'm very happy with what it is, yeah. yeah. Very and, happy. And David was just kind enough to offer. He set himself up today, Chris, to be able to show us a little bit of the workshop, um, you know, if you're able to do that, David. Yeah, yeah, I'll, um, what I'll do, I'll just um, bear with me. Okay, I'll um, I'll try and stand at the side of it for you. So, if I come around here, so there's the there's the front of the shed with the main roller door open. That's the main roller door. I've got two two twin bag three horsepower dust extractors. They're plumbed in together, so I can run both or one at a time. And then you come around here, and you'll see pipes coming down there's my thicknesser um sorry it's my workshop um there's the can i just bring the screen forward a little bit guys yep yeah yep. what you have to do so there's the um there's the thicknesser there's there's the jointer just here you go to the thicknesser then you've got the drum sander 
up the back there's the small band saw and my router table uh, you come around to the table saw table saw with the outfeed table you can see the back door in the back there yep, um, yep. that's just a small mobile workbench there my timber racks up in the corner my chisel mortiser and linisher in the corner I said everything's on wheels and um on the um on the um far side where the benches are i don't know if you can see from there but that's where i keep all my tools like shifters etc etc yep and then on this side wall we um my apologies sorry i've got to keep going around on this side wall here we just um fully lined this wall the western wall because there's an air conditioner up there and a evaporative air conditioner I've just started putting French cleats in. Uh, there's the um, drop saw, the compound saw, and, of course, there's my CNC in the front corner. There. So as you can see, I've got room to walk around and not go tripping over things, and I can work to a pattern, if that makes any sense or help to yourselves. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll just come back around, mate. Is oh, that okay? That's that's really impressive, isn't it? Uh, I'm beyond jealous. <laughs> and I just oh, look, my electrician mate, he wired it up, so I've just got one controller. I just keep the controller in my overalls or my work apron, and uh, I can turn any machine on from wherever I am with the controller. So again, simplicity, and you're minimising minimising the steps because I don't. I don't need to be walking any further than I have to. You know, so. Fair enough. All right, well, now that we've seen the workshop, I think we should uh, pause, mm. have a break. Yes, of course. Um, and um, maybe run one another, another ad. Let's do that. Or maybe one of the other segments that we're going to introduce. Why not do that, though? And, um, and we'll be back. We'll be back after this. Too right. G'day those who measure twice and cut it once, James and Fixit Fingers back for another brand new season here with Dirk and Chris. And today I'm trying something new. I've got a really good tip and I want to share it with you guys. Kerf bending. I've never done it before. There's a few different ways you can bend timber. You can steam it, you can cut it into really thin bits and uh, hope it doesn't crack when you try and bend laminate it. But today I wanted to kerf bend some thicker timber. In case you've not seen it before, Kerf bending is the process of removing small amounts of wood using the kerf of your blade in order to create a void in which you can bend the timber into. Lots of ways you can do it. Slide in Midasaur, one of the easiest. Here is my practice piece, and there's my first tip. You will need lots of practice pieces because the depth which you cut it is critical and it's different for every timber. There is no way you can calculate that without trial and error that I am aware of but we can take out a lot of the trial and error when it comes to getting exact corners. There's a lovely little website and I'll put it on screen now for a curve spacing calculator available in metric and imperial. I needed two 90 degree bends to look like that and it gave me the exact spacings and the number of cuts that I needed. Originally when I was trying this by myself, I was putting in too many. I was going every couple of millimetres and that was leading to all sorts of disasters. So there's my quick tip for this first episode back for 2023. Get onto the curve spacing calculator whenever you are trying to do stuff like this and you'll find it a lot less frustrating. Catch you on the next one. 
All right, we're back. That was uh, one of our uh, new segments. Yeah, everyone's going to love them. I, I think so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. yeah, Oscars, Academy Awards, <laughs> Oscars and Academy Awards. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, look, we're back here um, um, talking to David up in um, Tamworth. Yes, um, David. Just like, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask how you how you lost your leg to begin with. How you got yourself into the situation that you're in. Yeah, long story cut short, I went and had a knee replacement and five months and one day later I came home without a leg. I um, contracted a superbug in in the hospital and uh, put me on life support for 10 days and almost lost my left leg in the process. But um, So that's what happened. It was just luck of the draw, I suppose you'd call it. But um, it happened, can't change it, and you just got to move forward. Simple as that. That's great. So you went in for a knee operation and lost the leg. Correct. Far out. Well, I don't, I don't know how I would react to something like that. Who would, Chris? Yeah, I know. But obviously, um, obviously, you've come to terms with it. You've come out a lot stronger at the other end, and um, and you got yourself a fantastic workshop. What kind of um, what kind of stuff do you make in that workshop? Everything, Chris, from small boxes, serving trays, chopping boards, up to um, cabinets, um, uh, picture frames, um, tables, chairs, whatever someone orders. Um, I just recently completed a very nice chessboard for a chap in Sydney, and um, I just basically make what the client asks for. I ask them to get me a photo of what they like or similar to what they like. Then we just fine-tune it as we're going. And um, that's just how I've always done it. Like, I don't use SketchUp or anything like that because I said I'm not very computer literate. But um, I pretty much work on the proviso. You make what the customer wants, not what you think. That's how I've always tried to do things. It's a good way to do it. It's, it's very difficult to ascertain what the customer wants sometimes. Oh, oh yes. You have to probe and ask about 600 questions because they're not Correct. quite sure, you know. So Correct. you lead them to the water and hopefully they have a drink. So that, that's that's spot on, Dirk. And it's just um, you've got to be uh, patient with some of them. I suppose you'd say that. But on a whole, I've found most people are really good. Because pretty much what I do is only been word of mouth, and the jobs just keep coming. But most people are, you know, pretty good. Um, and sometimes, you, you know, they, they might be a bit lost and you'll give them an idea or show them a photo of something else you've done and they go, oh, I like that, etc. They want those type of legs, etc., etc. So you just pretty much um, communicate with them and you end up coming to a happy medium and making them what they want. Patience. Is a virtue. Yeah, it's not something that I was born with. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, all right, well... Uh, how about your um, your timber store now? Uh, what, what sort of timbers do you use? All reclaimed, re recycled timber. Probably some of the best and oldest timber I've got is some um, Oregon that was uh, an American historian tracked us down. I got it out of the gas works in Mortlake in Sydney. Um, it was cut in Canada in 1856. Wow. And it took them three years to float it to Australia and then 12 months to get it up the Parramatta River into the original gas work site. And uh, 
I was helping the bloke at the time, and we pulled it down and cleaned the side up, and um, I've still got, uh, I've got a container outside with me stops in there, but quite, I've still got quite a bit of it, that you do get a lot of waste because of the gas, so, yeah, you're pretty much taking five, six and eight mil off it to get into the good timber, but it's just, just magnificent timber. I made my wife, uh, my daughter a keepsake dining table and chairs out of it, it's just beautiful. Well, I love Oregon, it's beautiful timber to work with, you know. Yeah, is it a, is it a hardwood or a softwood? Softwood. It yep. is softwood. Yeah. And it's, there's there's open grain stuff and there's fine grain stuff. I just pick out. I pretty much keep it just to call it special jobs. But and the rest I use um a lot of iron bark, um a lot of iron bark, a bit of silky oak, a lot of um North Coast and Tasmanian blackwood. That's what I'm making my wife's cabinet out of the Tassie blackwood. It was um. Uh, it was over 30 years old where I bought that at the sale. And um, uh, I've got some old English oak there, some American oak. Uh, I've got a little bit of walnut. Um, pretty much miscellaneous, but I must admit, I, I just really like using the Oregon. That's that's my preference of timber to work with. Beautiful. It's, it's always amazing, isn't it? I, I think we've said it before on the show. Uh, the fact that you, you can highlight the timber you have, you're using in the process, <clears throat> but the story that goes with it is something that mm -hmm. continues on. And, you know, yeah. the person you make it for will yeah. obviously uh, continue on telling people, you know, this beautiful uh, build was done by a person who claimed, had reclaimed hardwood, and it's, it's just a storyline. It is. Beautiful. It is. It, you know, is. it, it makes is. the place more interesting. You know, when there's a yeah. backstory to it. Yeah. 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 I've got a reasonable amount of hoop pine there too, and I, I do machine that up and use that for some carcasses for small cabinets and that sort of thing because it's, um, uh, even though it's a pine, it, it's fairly hard and it, you know, it doesn't move all that much, so it's good to use in like, like carcasses and that sort of thing. So, so the um, your surrounding area or the greater district um are, are there any timber mills uh about there or are you are you sort of in a setting where you have a little bit of a you know a little bit of forestry or is it pretty flat there's there's two mills in town that cut the iron bark but it's all green um a lot of the iron bark i got from horse stud down at scone the the posts and rails on the fences the, the bloke sent me up um 360 rails and when you look at them, like the tops are being chewed by the horses, etc. So through the big bandsaw, I've got a Meba bandsaw with a 25 mil blade on it out the back. And um, but that's the stuff I have to get help because I can't handle long lengths by myself. Um, and yeah, you just put it through there, dress it up. It's just beautiful timber. Um, but like any old recycled timber, you always get a bit more waste than what you expect to, to get into the good timber. But um, apart from the couple of mills there, there's another mill out of Banbar out past Narrabri and it has uh, a reasonable amount of hardwoods. But I um, I just keep watching the sales and you, you know a bloke who knows a bloke and I found a bloke up at Yurala up towards Armadale and he had a massive amount of timber in, in a wool shed. So I bought... Um, Oh, I bought about 26 blackwood slabs off him, like, you know, 400 wide by up to two metres long. I picked them up for 100 bucks each. Um, 
I couldn't get her on the trailer quick enough, mate. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and um, I was down in Sydney recently picking up some mahogany at a bloke's place, and he asked me if I'd be interested in some spotted gum. Yeah, what is it? And he pulled it out from under the house. He bought it in 2005. The marks were still on the timber. 260 wide by 35 mil deep, 2.5 metre lengths. And I, I checked out at $68 a metre at the time. And I said to him, you know, how much do you want for it, mate? And he said, oh, 150 bucks, all right. I, I couldn't get it on the trailer quick enough, mate. I was trying to run it. I can't. <laughs> Have to start couldn't, get the couldn't get it on the trailer. Yeah, 250 meters of any spotted gun for 150 dollars. Um, just yeah, I'm not gonna cheat anyone. I said about you, you, he told me that's what he wanted. I said, You sure you're happy with that? And he said, Yeah, that's all I want. So that's what I paid for. Uh, what do you following uh, some of our guests around, Chris? I think we have just, to just yeah. keep your eyes open for a van with a bright yellow sticker on it. That'll be his as we follow you for the bargains and we'll, uh, we'll negotiate <laughs> some prices. Have you, have you got any um, vicious dogs on your property? <laughs> what? Have you got any vicious dogs on your property? Any vicious dogs? Yeah. Yeah, two. Oh, okay. Well, two. So I can't get there and steal anything off you? Okay, all right. And there's a full alarm system in the shed and cameras, yeah. I've got, um, yeah, you got it, yeah. But, yeah, my two dogs, mate, you want to be very, very careful of them. Like, if they really try, they'll bite your big toe. So. Okay. <laughs> well, big toe, what are they, chihuahuas? Well, one's, a, one's a Maltese Shih Tzu. He, he gets a bit grumpy. And um, the other one's a Toy Cavoodle, and it's just a beautiful little lap dog, you know, so... But they, they let you know if someone's at the back gate or something, you know, they don't miss a beat. So they're good yeah. alarm clocks. So. <laughs> we, we can always throw the dog a bone and take a slab. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's amazing that you're getting the timber for so cheap because down here I've, I've, found, um, I've found a couple of places that sell timber mm -hmm. and I've literally got to sell one of my legs to, to get, you yeah. know, like a amount of it. It's, it's just... It's crazy, crazy expensive timber at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I've seen a few ads down there. I actually rang a bloke up out on the eastern side there. And the slabs weren't even dry, and he, he wanted a small fortune for them, you know. Yeah. Um, you just got to – and I, look, I don't um, go looking all that hard, but when I think it's time to – like just over in front of you there, there's a nice big piece of camp laurel there. It was a three-metre length, and it goes out to a bit over 600 one end, down to 400 at the other. And I picked that up for $150, 65 mil thick. Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. and That's a good thing. So when those things like that pop up, you just um, stock up a little bit, you know? Yeah. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. All right, look, we'll, we'll, um, we'll stop off and have another little break here. Yep. Um, yeah. Sure. Maybe a last question coming up, and then we'll uh, yeah we'll have one more question, and then we'll uh, kick him out of the the, the studio altogether. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do just use a scallywags. I really like your style. I really do. <laughs> uh, no worries. We'll be right back. Okay, you're right. Thanks, boys, and welcome everyone to Viewers Projects tonight. 
we have this very unique, what I'd call a double cookie style red gum coffee table from Gavin. And there's also a cheese board and some coasters that came out of the same piece of wood. There's a very interesting story that goes with this table. This lady had an outdoor table in Echuca that was swept away in the 1993 floods. And many, many years later, it turned up in a bric-a-brac shop in Echuca. The lady saw it and as you can imagine, was very excited, believing she had found her old table again. So Gav got his hands on it and the work began to turn it into the final piece. The original slab ranged from about 110mm thick in some spots, down to 70mm thick. So he first resawed it down to a thinner slab with a chainsaw and that's how he also ended up with the offcuts for the cheese board and the coasters. The slab was then flattened to about 45mm thick with a router using a custom slabbing jig. And then all the voids were filled with pearl epoxy. After the epoxy had set, the top was then flattened again to reveal the magic. And after lots of sanding, Gav finished it with Osmo PolyX. You can see how that's really brought the tabletop to life. Now Gav's been working on this for a while, but he's yet to finish it by attaching a base or legs. Looking forward to seeing the finished table, mate. You can find Gav on Instagram under the name Northwind Creative, where he has a pretty extensive catalogue of projects he's made. Go and check him out and give him a follow while you're there. Well, thanks for sharing your viewers project, Gav. And if any of you want to be featured on the show, make sure you get in touch. Just use my email, which should be in the video description. Hopefully Chris has remembered to put it there. Or just drop a comment below. Now, until next time, back to you, boys. All right, we are here on Measure Twice Cut Once, the show that gives you the most entertainment in the world. Oh, anywhere. Anywhere. In the, anywhere in the known universe. Yep, yep. If you're on Mars, you go to ass. Stick your Mars and stuff. Yeah. Got to go back to Earth to watch this. <laughs> Bees knees, mate. Hands, pants. <laughs> Get on with it. All right, David. Um, look, we've been we're very uh, appreciative of your... Uh, time and answering honestly some of the uh, hard-hitting questions today but um, and we really hope that you know you've enjoyed your time um, but I've got one last question about have you got any ambitions for any other uh, dream equipment to put into your workshop for argument's sake maybe a, a large CNC oh yes yes yes, <laughs> yes. Short right. Right. <laughs> I, I would like I've only got a um, uh, similar to your sensei size. Um, it does about 870 by 780, I think it is. But I mainly use it just to engrave boxes. I've made a lot of urns for pets and that sort of thing when you use it for engraving. So um, that I would like to, um, I would like to change my jointer over to a helical head. Um, pretty much. Pretty much, I'm um, pretty okay. I've got um, pretty much what I want aside from that. Yeah, but a bigger CNC would be nice. Yes. Well, I just, um, I just purchased a new um, 16-inch uh, jointer thickness of combo unit. Oh yeah. yeah. With it, with a helical head in it, and good. Dirk, how good does it cut? It, it, it's unbelievable. It's it's a dream. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's like uh, how can you describe it? It's like Going on a yacht and having a tailwind from Sydney to Melbourne. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, just, amazing, aren't they? It is. We we put some uh, red gum slabs through it and it didn't bog down at all. So that's right. 
Mm. Now, my my thickness here is um, 410 wide. It'll take, and it's a helical head. And it pretty much leaves the timber at about somewhere around a 180 to 240 smoothness. Beautiful. Yep. And yeah, I... um, I've had my jointer for oh, a number of years, and I've just put a new set of blades in it. But um, I think it's about... Know, several hundred, eight hundred dollars for a helical head, but I, I think I will change it over shortly. Yeah, it's just you just get so much better finish, you know. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, that's um, right. So I, th I think I will do that, and um, well, I'll wear these cutters out first. And um, but apart from that, yeah, a bigger CNC I'd like. Um, I'm pretty much happy with all the dust extraction and whatnot. All pretty much works for me now, so I'd only look at replacing things as they wear out now i've got a good router table with all the incorrect fence and everything on it and um, you know my dominoes for loose tenons or a chisel mortise a portable vacuum system there that goes around for using the domino and all that i i really can't complain mate you know but it's taken it's taken a lot of years to accumulate the equipment too you know that's yeah. happened overnight yeah so but, um, uh, also uh if if you don't mind me saying dirk Yep. Um, David here's after a uh, a bigger CNC. One of our supporters happens to be happens to be a maker of CNC machines. Yeah, right. Eh? And uh, and he'll be happy to make whatever size you want and ship it up to you. Okay, yeah. that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, no, Adam, I, I would love to. Yeah, Adam from Blue Cow CNC. Yeah. yeah, I have spoken to him some time ago. Yeah. He, you got a good name in the um, industry, hasn't he? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and and, and, and I, I know him personally, and he's a hell of a bloke. So, Okay. Yep. I'll he, talk to you about that a bit later on, if that's okay. Not a problem at all. Yeah, because um, yeah, I, I certainly would consider it, yeah. I don't think I'd have any trouble with selling this one. It hasn't done a lot of heavy work. It's in fine condition, but, um, yeah, that's something I'll look into. All right, we'll have a chat after all of this. Yeah. Thank no you, problem. David. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, David's also in our Facebook group, Measure Twice, Cut Once. Okay, yeah. So from time to time, he'll display some of his projects. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so everyone rally behind him and, uh, you know, just have a, start a conversation and, you know, mm -hmm. never know what you end up talking about. Exactly so, right. Exactly. Might I say, Dirk and Chris, if ever... If ever anyone needs a hand with something or a bit of help, I'm, I'm more than willing to help anyone out. So. See? Yep. That's what this community is all about. Yeah. You've got a great program there, fellas. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you. All right. All so right. let's say a, a cheerio to David and uh, we'll... Uh, Thanks so much. So we, we can kick him out now, can we? Kick him out. All right. Been working <laughs> We've been well enough. <laughs> See you guys. All right, Bye, thanks, mate. Dave. You're welcome. Now, sign, 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 sign. Everywhere a sign, except for on my bit of timber. I need someone to cut me out a sign. Show me a sign, someone. So, Chris, today we want to talk a little bit about one of our major supporters to measure twice, cut once. That is Blue Carb CNC. Yes. 
Uh, it's a company that was developed by a gentleman by the name of Adam. Adam, yep. In, uh, in, um, where, where did they originate their first premises? Uh, I think it was out of his own garage. Out of his own garage. So I don't know where he used to live or where he lives. Yep. Um, but then he went to um, a suburb called Ravenhall. Yep. Into a small um, warehouse. Yes. And outgrew that very quickly. Yep. And now he's in a big warehouse. Yep. In uh, Lavin. So all, all the CNCs and plasma cutters are made in Melbourne, Australia, which is a yep. wonderful thing to have. Uh, manufacturing here is always a great thing. And what this potentially can do to extend your woodworking is astronomical, Chris. Um, far, as you found out. As I found out. And um, look, we'll hold up some nice signs here. Chris, you can hold that one up for the camera. Uh, these are just... Uh, for those who can't read it. Yep, because beer tastes better than tears, and uh, take your top off. Well, that's uh, not that's not going to happen with me. Yep, this, these these were made by Gavin. Yes, Let's just mention Gavin's name quickly. Yep, Gavin made these. That's right. Uh, what has it brought to your craft having a CNC? Oh, look, the, the possibilities are endless. Yep, I mean, whatever whatever you can basically think of, you know, like a. You want to make a chopping board with some signage in it. You want to make some of these uh, bottle openers yep. with some signage. Personalise items for people. Cut out lettering. Cut out lettering. You know, make big signs. Yep. You're, not, you're not, just because this is a metre by a metre, I'm not governed by that size. Yep. I can make way bigger stuff with this. Yeah. You, uh, it's just your imagination. What you can think of, you can basically do with one of these. Potatoes and rabbits, very highly accurately cut. Very accurate. So yes. there's, no, there's not too much gas work. You'd have to know a little bit about the program, the software you use to yeah. make this function. And it's, um, it's not a very steep learning curve, is it? No, it's very intuitive. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, look, if you're in the market for one of these, we highly recommend them because they are really good value. Um, they're, they're priced at a very good uh, rate. Oh, bang for buck, you can't go wrong. No. So, um, Chris, who are you going to call? Adam. Adam at Blue Carve? Adam at Blue Carve. Get onto it. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll put his personal phone number. Yeah. Down in the. No, I won't. Yeah. You always, always get people haunting others. He will. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. We'll, I'll put it up the uh, the website. Yep. Bottom of the screen. Um, and if you need to know anything about um, a CNC machine, yes, Adam's your man. He's very knowledgeable and extremely helpful. So go out support Aussie manufacturing. Let's do it. Yeah. So, David Horn, what a, what a terrific guest he has been. Top bloke. Top bloke. Yep. Uh, he's got a, you know, a lot of challenges with his um, mobility and he just conquers it. Absolutely wonderful. Oh, yeah. You know what? Um, where most people, I reckon, would just give up. Yeah. He's, he's uh, embraced it, yep. Yep. accepted his uh, situation and just powered on through. Definitely. 100%. Yep. So, what a great start to the season six. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So we've set the bar really high now, Dirk. I know. I know. Oh, geez. Just put ourselves <laughs> under a heap of pressure. You know with our past track record. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it can only no, go one way from here. <laughs> anyway, our socials, Chris. We are obviously here on YouTube. Um, I, I, I sort of promoted a little bit on Instagram on my Sumo's projects. Yep. Um, also, our Facebook group, Measure Twice, Cut Once. Yep. That's uh, that's always good. Uh, people contribute there, and if you know, I'd like to see everyone contribute a bit more because mm -hmm. uh, what you do is great. And David was an example of people who showed stuff, and you know we had him on the show. So yeah, 
you, it could be you <laughs> next. So, mm. Mm. Um, any other socials we're on, Chris? Wow. We're sociable everywhere. Yeah, we are. We're but, well, I suppose you've, you've named them all. Yep. And we're on target to hit a thousand subscribers this season if we can do it. Yeah. So please pass on the word to your, I don't know, your friends, your mates, your cobbers, your dogs, your cats. Even people you really hate. Just yeah. get them to, yeah. to, to watch us. They, yeah. might, they might join our channel in spite. Yeah. You, you never know. You never <laughs> a bit know. of reverse psychology. You yeah, might know. I saw you did yeah. there, mate. So until the next time we appear on your YouTube screen, we will uh, probably have to sign off now. Yeah. I'll do it by saying, all right. Bye for now. So we're in 2023. Don't forget, the show's in 2023. Yes, I know. Yeah. I know. I made, that last time. I made the mistake last time, I know, yes. <coughs> all right, hit your timer. And Dave back in. What do you think of that, Dave? Yeah, no, you're, you're a natural. You really are. Because Hoss kicked our guest right out of the studio like that. I know. And we forgot to do before. an outro. We forgot to do an outro. What's going to be in the bloopers? What's going on? What's going on, Dirk? I'm, I'm losing the plot here, mate. Oh, well, it's a new year. I think, you know what's throwing me? What? That you're clean shaven. That's what it oh, is. Oh, I see. <laughs>